Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome back to Lose Yourself. Today's episode, we rejoin our conversation with Ben Neiser, pastor of Mosaic Church in Provo, Utah, on the topic of discipleship. Isaiah 66 chapters, like the 66 books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. First 39 deal with judgment, like the Old Testament. The second 29 deal with the deliverance of God, like the New Testament. Yet the root of Jesse in chapter 11, born of a virgin on the, in chapter seven, verse 14 the suffering servant in uh, 53 and you know, new heaven and new earth. I mean, it has the whole gambit in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's funny is you would think that Isaiah would be a place that you would want to, you know, it's like, I'll get to that later because that's just going to blow my mind. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden it's like you almost could start with Isaiah and have a better understanding of the New Testament and and the rest of the Bible as a whole. Yeah, especially if you if you're more naturally wired to think, if you will, creatively or poetically. Yeah, that that would be a really beautiful book for you to to take a look at and understand the five major themes of the Bible, because without without a proper understanding of the nature, holiness, and grandeur of God then we will never understand the depth of our sin, how far separated we are from him. Thus, we'll never fully understand the value and the weight of how God pursued us and brought us back to him in the chasm that was there separating us to where then the person and work of Christ comes and closes that chasm and brings us back to him. We won't understand these things like unless we kind of understand them in that order. And that's kind of the order that we see unfold uh, in the book of Isaiah. One thing that makes, uh, just so you know, too, what makes biblical poetry difficult, especially in prophetic texts like, say, the book of Isaiah, is that it's in thematic order, not chronological order. So when most people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I love reading the Bible, like, you know, Matthew and, you know, those types of books or, you know, yeah, Exodus or Genesis, you know, give me something like that, you know, which, again, is very heavily narrative story form. It's happening in the order in which it happened. And so it's very, very easy for us to follow um, of like what's going on and characters and things like that, because it reads like like a, a fiction book. Right. And so when you go to Isaiah, well, what's the purpose of the ordering of Isaiah? Because if you were to pick it in chronological order, Mike, you might already know the answer to this question. What would be the chapter that would make the most sense in the book of Isaiah to have as chapter one? I'm going to let you tell me. Chapter six. Yes. Which is the commissioning of Isaiah. It's the beginning of Isaiah's prophetic ministry. That's what happens in Isaiah 6. If the intent of compiling the entire prophetic ministry of Isaiah was one of like, okay, let's tell this story in chronological order, everybody who reads the book of Isaiah would go, it's got to be chapter 6. <laughs> it's true. There's, 
it's absolutely true. That's that's the beginning of his ministry. But why in the world would it be placed? Because it is the very beginning of his prophetic ministry. Why would it be placed at chapter six? So almost intentionally, like it's it's unavoidable. It's because the book of Isaiah is laid out in thematic order, and it's the same thematic order of the entire Bible. The nature and character and grandeur of God that we find in Genesis, the rebellion of man that we find in Genesis, and the unfolding of that rebellion, the power of God, right, unfolding against the rebellion of man, but then God's redemptive story, the slivers that we see that start to unfold with every new covenant that's made from Adam to Noah to Abraham, Moses, David, on down the line. And so the reason why Isaiah is ordered in the way that it is, is it's ordered in the same thematic order as the Bible itself. That's so good. So Ben, give me some background. Who is Isaiah and why should we read the book that God wrote through him? So Isaiah is one of the most significant prophets that we have in the Old Testament. Again, his, his book is the most quoted book in the New Testament from the Old Testament. And so some of the most significant and specific prophecies of Jesus are found in the book of Isaiah. So that's, that's, a, that's a big reason right there as, as to why we should read it. But who is Isaiah? Isaiah is a prophet. If you know your Old Testament history, at this point, uh, the kingdom is divided. You have the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Okay, uh, Jerusalem is the is the capital of the southern kingdom, and so Isaiah is a prophet to both. Most people believe that he he was living not in the northern kingdom but in the southern kingdom of Judah, but was prophesying in the time where the Assyrians were coming in and beginning to overtake the northern king kingdom of Judah. And the Assyrians are, if you remember, a lot of people know the, the town of Nineveh, right? you know, from, from Jonah and from Veggie Tales. Um, right. But what happens is, okay, uh, the Assyrians, the capital city is, is Nineveh, and they're coming in and they fully take on in about, about 747 BC, they kind of overthrow the northern kingdom. And then they're starting to come into Jerusalem in, in the southern kingdom where Isaiah is. And so Isaiah is prophesying in this time where what I would tell you is the covenant people of God are under constant attack. They're in constant fear. It's a result of their idolatry. It's a result of them saying, you know what would be easier instead of like obeying all of God's, God's laws and God's commands and trusting him and his goodness and his grace towards us would be to just kind of look more and more like the world around us, the countries around us. Let's just do the things that they're doing. Let's assimilate to them. And so God is now judging his people and he's kind of sanctifying his people in, in that way. And so... That's kind of the historical context of, of Isaiah that when, especially like when they're re, when you're reading Isaiah chapter one and you see the wickedness of Judah, right? You know, that's not a very popular, uh, you know, thing that he's saying there. 
and he's talking directly to the people that he lives among. He wasn't a very well-liked and sought-after person. In fact, he was martyred for the faith. Most people believe that Isaiah was put into a hollow log and sawed in half, is, is church tradition of what happened to Isaiah. Prophets were not generally popular. No. Not in those days, anyway. No. And so why do you think poetry was used? You just described the backdrop mm-hmm. of this book. Why do you think poetry was employed to convey this information? I think poetry captures our attention in the way that what we'll, we'll, another way that uh, another genre is prose or just straight teaching can't. I love to communicate in analogies. I think that's why I gravitate towards poetry. But a lot of coaches will do this. A lot of teachers do this. A lot of parents, if you're a parent, I know that when when your kid asks you a difficult question or your kid, you're trying to introduce a new concept, a new rule into your house, the inevitable question that comes is why? It's why I believe you've done this before. (laughs) And, and so sometimes what we do as parents, what we do as educators, what we do as leaders is we use analogies to help communicate a truth on a level in which that person goes, Oh, okay. Well, if you put it that way, I understand the nation of Israel had been living systematically and generationally in a devolving sin spiral to the point where we get to Isaiah. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I think so. Right? In our nation, in our world. And so Isaiah is, is put smack dab in the middle of it, and God says, now here's what I want you to declare. In Isaiah 6, what it tells us, right, is that not many people are going to listen. Not, peop- not many people are going to accept what you're, what you're saying here. But there's something that I'm doing in the midst of this that you don't understand, they don't understand, but you're going to see. You're going to understand one day. And so when we think about, you know, Isaiah and how important it is and how vital it is for us today, and then, like you said, why would he use poetry? Sometimes poetry gives us a little bit of shock, kind of shocks our system a little bit because it's set in a way where you, it grabs your attention. And that's what God's trying to do through his prophet Isaiah. It's almost like he's, he's like shaking his people and he's saying, wake up, wake up, listen to what I have to say. I can think a lot of us need to shake and a wake up mm-hmm. to get on track, to, to follow after God. And it's funny, you, you mentioned not many people will always listen. And so yeah. we're not being called to popularity. When you read the prophetic books so many times, what you see the most of is obedience, an act of obedience. It didn't end up happily ever after. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always by our standards of success, but it was the voice for that moment, for that time that speaks eternally, even to us today, that if we'll search scripture, we'll find it. And God can speak to us through the words of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So it's very powerful stuff. Yeah. And Isaiah, I mean, basically God tells Isaiah, things are going to go from bad to worse. Uh, we're, we just got done with 2020 and we're in 2021, right? So again, relevance, relevance to today, right? So I hope for those that are listening, man, (laughs) run, run to Isaiah. If you're, if you're feeling like, I mean, I thought 2020 was bad, right? You know, and cause that's, that's the message that that's the time in which Isaiah lived. 
Right. And he's delivering these messages to this original audience. So much for us to learn and, and to gain from this book. I love it. And again, we're going to the least popular, to the less popular books. I mean, Habakkuk, mm -hmm. Isaiah, yeah. works that speak to us in our current condition that can provide inspiration, mm -hmm. instruction, accountability. Yeah. But also just to mainly hear it, let us hear from the Lord. And so thank you, Ben, for being with us today. I thank you. Um, take a minute and tell us where can we find you online and tell us about Mosaic Church. Sure. So uh, you can find me um, at Ben Neiser, N-E-I-S-E-R, uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, a lot of the, the writings that I, I put together, I just post links to that. And so you can follow me in, in that way. And then uh, if you're if you're local here in Provo, uh, Utah County area, Mosaic Church at Mosaic Church Provo is our handle on Instagram and Facebook. And we are a new church plant in downtown Provo right off of Center Street. If you know where New Skin is, we're right across the street from New Skin on Center Street. We meet there Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. And then we have a Bible study. Uh, that meets uh, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. Thank you so much, Ben. I've really enjoyed our time together. I hope that if you're listening today that you'll be willing to take on intellectual challenge, spiritual challenge as you take on Isaiah, books of biblical poetry, to venture beyond the popular books and, and get into the Bible and read it for yourself. Understand that the Bible answers itself. It's reliable. It's good for teaching us where we should go. It empowers our faith. And it helps us communicate the gospel. And I just encourage you to continue on that faith journey. Don't be afraid. Just dig in. God is faithful. And we'll see you next time on Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.